1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to what is not another edition of the Bruce exclusive, because that's not how I deemed this branding to go. Welcome to the Buffalo Rumblings Saturday special with Bruce Nolan. Now you may be a little disappointed. You may be in the comment section right now going, where's Spence? Where's Joe? Where's my normal Saturday entertainment? And I'm, first off, I'm sorry for your disappointment. I'm sorry that I have to be the bronze medal. We can have different discussions as to whether or not Joe is the gold and Spence is the silver or Spence is the gold and Joe is the silver. But unquestionably, Bruce is the bronze. Bronze, Bruce. There's an alliterative quality there that I really like. Well, as you know, Joe is still in Mexico. So, you know, we hate him for that. He's off enjoying the sun while the Western New York area is being bombarded with snow. And Spence is a little under the weather. So here I am. As Spin 0481 says, I'm the only game in town tonight. Darn straight I am. I'm the only game in town. It's a little bit like Adam Saylor. You will listen to every word I have to say. I mean, I guess you could or you could not. But we're going to talk about three things tonight. And I have no idea how long we're going to go. I think it depends entirely on how much engagement I get from people in the comments. Because live shows are not really my cup of tea. But the reason why I do the one with Nate is because I have a guest and a co-host to bounce things off of. But in this case, I have neither a guest nor a co-host. So it's just me pontificating into the void. So. For me, how much I get from the comment section is going to have a fairly notable impact on how long we go. But there are three things I want to talk about tonight. Number one, how are you feeling? Number two, qualitative predictions for the game. Predictions that involve styles. They involve non-numeric things. Because I have a feeling that we always kind of lean toward numbers when we are making predictions. I predict there'll be X amount of turnovers. I predict Josh Allen will throw for Y amount of yards. But I want to talk about qualitative predictions. And the reason why that is, is because we've spent a lot of the last week talking about qualitative changes that we think may or may not need to be done in the Buffalo Bills, specifically offense. So I want to talk about how are you feeling I want to talk about qualitative predictions and I want to talk about quantitative predictions. So we are going to do my, do our best. I am going to do my best to try to make it work. And yes, yes. Spin 0481 says, if the show fails, it's all our fault, darn straight. It is. It's all your fault. I hold you personally responsible in the event that this show fails. No, I'm just kidding. No, really what it is, is I'll just go until we're tapped out. I will go until we're tapped out. John Herring in the comments says, what's up, peeps? What's up, John? I appreciate Richard Rush in the comments saying, we get snow in Ohio tomorrow. Oh, well, congratulations, Mr. Rush. If I remember correctly, and I I usually remember correctly, I have a very good memory. Richard Rush is from Zanesville, Ohio, if he mentioned in the comments not too long ago. So I look forward to you getting dumped snow on tomorrow. JR is in the comments. Hello there. So guys, thanks so much for being here. First off, I want to talk about how you're feeling. It's weird after a loss because sometimes it's hard for you to get the same level of excitement before the game as you did previously. It almost like not only affects you after the game, but it affects you in the lead up to the next one. It's almost like the taste in your mouth doesn't get washed down until not just a victory, but a dominant victory is back. It's almost like until you say to yourself, that's more like it, you don't feel right again. So in the comments section, tell me how you're feeling. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. Lay back on the couch. I'm not going to ask you about your relationship with your mother, but lay back on the couch. And I'm going to say, now, how does that make you feel? And we're going to have a conversation about that. JR says, yes, his excitement is lower. My excitement's about the same. But to be honest, I'm not really a a great judge of this because I don't really get super jacked up for games. I don't really get super bummed out when they lose. I'm pretty much over it by the time it's over. But one of the things I think is interesting is that this this is exactly it. I was about to say it, and then Nautica said it in the comments little nervous. She said, one of the thing that I thought was interesting is when I was talking to Mrs. Nolan about this, she said, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. And she wasn't nervous like this last week. It's almost like a level of doubt starts to creep into your mind until you see the team that you think you should have seen all along show up again on Sunday. So. That's going to be an interesting thing to monitor leading up to the game is at what point am I no longer nervous? If the bills get up by two touchdowns, am I feeling better then? if the offense comes out and looks good in the first half? Am I feeling better then? am I not feeling better till the game is over? If the game is over and it's a victory, but not a dominant victory, am I still feeling the same way? It's really weird. John says my floor is low. If they score a touchdown, it's an improvement. If they score t- you know what, John, this is a guy who understands expectations minus reality equal disappointment. So he keeps his expectations very, very low. You score a touchdown. There's going to be that really sarcastic cheer. One of my fav- the favorite things about home crowds in general is that they almost have their own personality. And sometimes when the team is doing really poorly, say they don't get a first down in the first half and they come out and they get a first down for the the first time ever. And the crowd lets this ridiculous cheer out. It's almost like a sarcastic cheer. That's one of my favorite things about home crowds. Mind you, I don't want to be part of them. I have no interest in actually being a part of the home crowd and being with 60,000 other fans, but I do think it's funny to watch on television. Now, one of the things that John is talking about in the comments is that, Brita breaks one tomorrow. I'm not sure Brita is going to be active. Now that Zach Moss is expected to play, I don't know if Brita is going to be active. I think it was kind of a built-in idea that he would be active when Zach Moss was out with a concussion and when it was looking like he wasn't going to play. Do I think they should activate Matt Brita? That's a different story. But I would be mildly surprised, not entirely surprised. I don't think it's crazy because you have to exhaust all avenues when your rushing attack is struggling. And when you have a running back who has been successful in outside zone in the past, then I I think if you're going to run a lot more under center stuff and you're going to do boot action stuff that has a tendency to pair well with outside zone. And I don't think it'd be ridiculous at all to activate Matt Breida at all. Ryan McKenna says he's grabbing some eggnog and scrap it in. He listened to Food for Thought last night. He knows about eggnog. Richard says he's optimistic because he thinks they're going to come out with a purpose. You know what? I thought so too last week. I thought the first half against Miami was enough to spook them into coming out with a purpose. But that's not the way it came out. Ryan says he's feeling nervous. Division games are weird. The Jets have shown some life. And last week is hanging with me. The stats say we should win, but the emotion is overriding the logic a bit. And that makes sense. It really does. Division games are always tough. This is the first division game for the Buffalo Bills against this particular Jets offense, this particular Jets defense. And although it's going to bear some similarities, the Jets defense will, to the San Francisco defense that Josh Allen lit up like a Christmas tree last year. That's right. I'm topical. Lit up like a Christmas tree. It's not exactly the same. Aaron, says, I just need to see the O-line right the ship a little bit with Spencer Brown coming back. Yeah, I agree with you. Spencer Brown being back upgrades two positions. It upgrades right tackle and it upgrades right guard, which means John Feliciano goes back to left guard. And now you really only have one major flaw if everyone plays to their potential. Now, the problem is you haven't always gotten every single member of the Bills offensive line playing to their potential. Darrell Williams didn't play to his potential last week at right tackle. Deion Dawkins didn't play to his potential. So it's not just a talent issue on the offensive line that can be easily remedied by upgrading two positions, by bringing Spencer Brown back, putting him at right tackle, moving Daryl Williams into right guard. It's not quite that simple because in addition to just not having the right horses on the offensive line, specifically at the guards, you have players who we know are talented who are not playing up to that level. And so that's a more significant problem. So that's something that I think we have to keep an eye on. It's not just the talent level, but also the people who aren't playing to their talent level. JR says, the Bills will be like Steve Martin from The Jerk. I found my special purpose. I am familiar with that movie. I enjoy that movie. I am so glad that someone else enjoys that movie because I kind of feel like it doesn't get talked about as far as classics go. And I think it's maybe because I'm old, but it should be. It absolutely should be. David says, do they activate all three running backs? And if so, does it mean a defensive lineman inactive? This is the thing I think is interesting. Tremaine Edmonds being inactive kind of throws a loop in this whole thing. I think there's a wrench that gets tossed in because I think that means you're going to end up starting more special teams linebackers. We've seen them do this before. We've seen them start activating special teams, linebackers. And then that has a tendency to kind of hold up other spots. Now we can have a different discussion as to whether or not that's a smart move, but that's what they did last time. So for me, I wouldn't be shocked if all three running backs were not active. I also wouldn't be shocked if they gave Zach Moss another opportunity, another week to rest. And it was Singletary Terry I also wouldn't be shocked if it was Moss and Brita and Singletary got inactivated, deactivated. I can speak. English is fun. So that to me is something to keep an eye on because we've had healthy scratches, weird healthy scratches before. Week one was a weird healthy scratch for Zach Moss. So I know that David is in the comments saying Klein will start. Sorry, now I recognize that Klein is going to start. However we have multiple special teams linebackers behind him. You have Matakavich, you have Smith, you have Dodson. You shouldn't have to activate all three of them, but the Bills have in the past. And so if they do, that's one less body that is likely to be activated on the running back side. So is Joe Miller coming back? Jessica says, is Joe Miller coming? What, you don't like me, Jessica? What, is, is it my, is it my hair? Are my teeth not white enough? Or like the Great Falls is the bedrock of my life eroding beneath me? Yeah, that's right. I can do that.
0: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. Those with ambitious, out-of-reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts. This episode is brought to you
1: by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So that's how we're all feeling. We're feeling hopeful. We're wondering about Brita. We're feeling nervous. Let's move on. I want predictions from you guys, but I want predictions that are qualitative in measure. Now you can predict that Matt Breida gets activated. You can predict he gets more carries than Devin Singletary. It's gotta be a prediction that doesn't have a number associated with it. a Qualitative prediction. John says, Bruce, do you realize you have no video? Yes. Yes. I realize that, you know, I, I, I was going to, but, You know, this darn camera, it just isn't working. It's just not working. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's not working. I'm sorry you got to deal with this instead. But it is what it is. So I have some qualitative predictions. My qualitative predictions are you will see more under center from Josh Allen. I think the play action ability from the shotgun is never quite the same as hard play action with your back to the defense. So that's my major qualitative prediction, is you're going to see a lot more of Jared Goff, Sean McVay-style offense. Receivers working against the formation, leak concepts, play action. I think that's, that's my big prediction. One possible scenario, Jr. says, is that Bass scores more than the offense. Gosh, I sure hope not. I'm going to say no. I think the offense gets it together enough that Bass does not outscore them. David says, prediction is that Knox doesn't do much in his return. That's interesting. So, David, hit me in the comments. Tell me why you think that, because that's interesting. I want to talk about that. Because if if my qualitative prediction is correct, which is what we see a lot more boot action from the Buffalo Bills, you see people working against the grain. One of the things that you see is tight ends running under the formation and drag routes simultaneously, peripherally with the quarterback, which has a tendency to kind of get Knox out in space to be able to have him break some tackles. So it feels weird. I almost feel like either I'm going to be right and you're going to be wrong or I'm going to be wrong and you're going to be right because I kind of feel like those two things might go hand in hand this time around. Cam Lewis being activated is one that Richard talks about. I think that's true. I think Cam Lewis will be activated. I think they brought him up with the idea that they may not have necessarily liked the prospect of seeing Saron Neal against Elijah Moore and Jameson Crowder. One of the things you got to understand about the Jets offense is that over the last couple of games, the Jets offense has been very significantly 10 personnel heavy. Very 10 personnel heavy. So double slots with Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder is going to be a thing, which means it's a bad week to not have Taron Johnson. This is not a good week to not have Taron Johnson. If Taron Johnson was still healthy and playing, I would still have wanted to bring up Cam Lewis and activate him. Because double slots out of 10 personnel is not a scenario where I want to see Saran Neal in. I do I have no interest in seeing Saran Neal on Elijah Moore or Saran Neal on Jamison Crowder. Zero interest at all. It's a good, hard, strong pass from me. David says maybe some drops from Knox because of the injury. If you looked at the picture of Dawson Knox getting on the airplane, it did look like his hand was a little bit swollen. Now I didn't spend a lot of time looking at it, but it was just kind of making its way around the interwebs. And it said, hey, you know a little bit, a little bit swollen. So maybe you're not going to see the same amount of targets from Dawson Knox, but if he's really not healthy, maybe you shouldn't play him. If the hand's going to be swollen and you got to wear a glove and it's going to mess with his ability to catch the ball, then maybe you shouldn't be playing him. So Jason Taylor says that Knox may be more of a decoy depending on his hand. Will he be able to catch the ball with whatever will be on his hand? I don't know. We'll see. We will absolutely see. Aaron says, I think we start utilizing more jet sweep motion face of the franchise plays. I appreciate that, Aaron. Aaron, of course, referring to Isaiah McKenzie. They had been largely absent, and I think that's needed more window dressing. I agree with you, Aaron. I do think that we'll see more 2020 style offensive working against the formation stuff that I mentioned earlier, but also when you're not under center, you might see the same amount of jet action to be able to hold the backside linebacker. To be able to open up cutback lanes for either Matt Breda or Devin Singletary or Zach Moss, wherever it is. So for me, I, I think this is a really good prediction. I think that really, I think the qualitative predictions that we're talking about are the things that are going to feed the quantitative predictions. How it looks and why it looks that way will be what informs the end result and the productivity. So JR says he does a decent Isaiah McKenzie impersonation. JR, do me a favor. Get with Joe Miller when he gets back on Time to Shine and tell him you want to do your Isaiah McKenzie impression and tell him I sent you because I want to see that. I definitely want to see that entirely. I'm for it. Moving along. Quantitative predictions. Okay, guys. Stat lines. Final scores. Something that has a number in it. Let's go quantitative predictions. I've got one for you. I think the Bills rush the ball with running backs 17 or more times tomorrow. Now, you might think that sounds low. But the Bills ran the ball with running backs nine times last week. So, my number is 17. I think the Bills run the ball with running backs at least 17 times tomorrow against the New York Jets. The New York Jets are not a strong rushing DVOA. There has been some correlation in the past between teams that the Bills have faced who have bad rushing DVOAs and the play calling. Famously, last year against the Chargers, the Bills were a little bit more run-heavy than I would have preferred, and the Chargers were not good against first-down runs. It's one of the reasons why they did it. The Chargers were not good against first-down runs last year. And so the Bills came out and ran on first down, which I historically am not a big fan of a lot last year. So I do think that there's a chance they look at the New York Jets and go, hey, I think they can be had on the ground. I think they can be had. So for me, that's my quantitative prediction 17 or more carries from the Buffalo Bills running backs. David says 24 17 Bills. So David is not on the Bills are going to be totally back back to dominating, back to 35 nothing, back to 40 nothing, back to absolutely dominating performances. He's not all the way back. Bills win by one score in David's mind. Now let me ask you guys, if David's right, if the Buffalo Bills win 24 to 17, are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Tell me in the comments if you're okay with 24-17 Bills. If you're okay with it, then I want you to tell me why. And if you're not okay with it, I want you to tell me why. Because the thing I think is really interesting about this is that there's lots of different ways you could arrive at 24 to 17 bills. You could arrive at 24 to 17 bills with a strong rushing rushing attack and Josh Allen essentially having the ball taken out of his hands, which I don't think we'd be really a fan of. You could arrive at it through defensive scores. And I don't think we'd be really be okay with that either. Because the how and the why you win are probably more important than the fact that you win. Because I think everyone's expecting the Bills to beat the Jets. It's a matter of how you beat the Jets. So, I think it's interesting because 24-17 could lead us with a lot of different feelings, depending on the method by which we arrived at the win. So, Chris says, 34-13 Bills, Allen rushes for two touchdowns, and digs and knocks one each two bass field goals. Diggs is interesting. Diggs really didn't get significantly targeted until the second half last week. I do wonder if this is a Stefan Diggs game. I wonder if this is a very heavy Stefan Diggs game. I wouldn't hate it because he's actually a little behind on pace relative to last year. And I would love to just feed the ball a little bit to Stefan Diggs. Charlotte on Facebook says 31 to 10. Charlotte, I'm assuming you're saying 31 to 10 Bills. So in that the case, then Charlotte's all the way back. Charlotte's like, totally back. Bills are superior team. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Spin0481 says, all I care about is offense. The offense needs to be dominant and I'll be fine with the game. I think a lot of people feel like this guy does. I think a lot of people feel like Spin does. If you see the offense be dominant, You'll be okay. If that means the Bills win 35 to seven, that's fine. If the Bills win 35 to 21, that's fine. As long as the offense is dominant, because that's really what they're worried about. The defense has been very good for most of the year, except for the Titans game, where it was not good. And the Jets' offense is not good. And Mike White doesn't throw the ball downfield significantly. There should be a method that a defensive head coach with a defensive coordinator like Frazier and a top defense statistically should be able to shut down the New York Jets. If the New York Jets come out and put a ton of points on, that's going to be really disappointing, but we expect the opposite. We expect the Buffalo Bills defense to be able to put the New York Jets on their heels and be able to keep them down for most of the game. So because of that, that isolates the problem which is the Bills' offense, shockingly. It's almost the inverse problem that we had at the beginning of 2020, when the Bills' offense was keeping them in the games and the defense was really struggling. Ryan McKenna says, if it's a controlled run game and a Jets garbage time touchdown to make it 24-17, that's better. I agree. That is better the method by which you get to 24-17 is different. If it's tied 17-17 and Josh Allen has to take a 2-minute drill down to score a touchdown to win it, that's a little different than it being 24-10 with five, you know, 5 seconds left and the Jets throw a Hail Mary and get 24 to 17. Both of them are 24-17, but it feels very different. It feels very, very different. Buff Hub says, just win, baby. Buff Hub apparently is also Al Davis. I didn't know if you guys knew that or not, but Steve Vega is actually the reincarnated version of Al Davis. So just a fun little fact that Buffalo Rumblings actually employs one of the most significant figures in NFL history in his reincarnated and ghastly form. And that is Al Davis. Jessica says, we have been spoiled. Last year, the first game was close. You're right. You're right. We have been spoiled. The expectations of the fan base have changed in the last year and a half. They've changed pretty significantly. This team is thought of as a Super Bowl contender. And so now it's not good enough for people to just win. Just win, baby. Not quite what they want anymore. Spin says, why does McDermott not trust Bass? I do think McDermott trusts Bass. I think the fact that he trot him out for a 57-yard field goal proves that he trusts Bass. I'd actually prefer he trust him a little less, maybe. Go for it a little bit more in plus territory. But for me, I do think McDermott trusts Bass. And I think he's earned that trust. If you remember correctly, we were talking about the beginning of 2020 and how different things are now than they were at the beginning of 2020. At the beginning of 2020, there were two major significant flaws with the Buffalo Bills. Actually, three. Let's go three. The running game, the defense, and the kicker. Two of those things are way, way, way better. Two of those things are way better. So, for me, when I look at the improvement from last year... One of them hasn't improved. One of them hasn't improved, and that's the run game. The run game hasn't improved, which is so weird. It's so weird how the team changes year over year. Under the Greg Roman Buffalo Bills, under Rex Ryan, this was an unbelievable rushing offense. But they couldn't really pass the ball consistently. Now, last year in 2020, they were incredibly prolific throwing the ball. But it's been kind of a struggle to run the ball. So I think that's kind of funny when you think about it. RC3 says, guys, just think. You'll want to play your best football in November, December. If winning looks like what it has and we're playing better in a few weeks, I think we're in good shape. I think that staying healthy and winning are really important early on. Staying healthy and winning. Style points don't matter quite as much. Until later in the year. Because later in the year. You're getting ready. And you want to start playing your best football at that point. You want to start playing your best football. It's very rare for people to suddenly turn it on. In the divisional round of the playoffs. Or suddenly turn it on. In the championship round of the playoffs. You kind of got to get hot going into the playoffs. And I think that's. A good spot to be in. I do. I think it's a really good spot to be in. But. Given how disappointing the Buffalo Bills-Jaguars loss. I don't think that a 24-17 win where we squeak out a touchdown at the end, I don't think that's going to make the fan base feel very good. I don't. I think there's some people going to say W's a W. And we'll have to have that whole conversation about whether or not a win is all that matters. Because I think how and why you win matter. Buff Hub says, I have no idea where my expectations lie until the Colts game. Well, The Colts are going to be an interesting challenge. The Colts will be a very interesting challenge because their defense hasn't been very good this year. But Jonathan Taylor is playing out of his absolute marbles right now. Absolute marbles. So that's kind of scary when you think about it because that's a guy who can take a bubble screen. And if the Bills don't tackle, when historically the Bills have not been a good tackling defense under Sean McDermott, I don't want to be a bad tackling defense against Jonathan Taylor. I have no interest in being a bad tackling defense against a lot of teams in the NFL. But, but, but I do not want (laughs) to be anti-tackling and bad tackling team against Jonathan Taylor of all people. He is on my fantasy team, and I've seen what he's been doing to other people, and I have no interest in having it happen to me. Absolutely no interest. Kristen Kimmick K gun is in the comment section says Bruce. So funny story. So funny story. I mentioned that I don't like, I don't like doing live solo shows, right? Not my thing. I don't get a chance to edit out all the things I don't like. I don't get a chance to, if my voice does something weird, I don't get a chance to go back and fix it. So I reached out to K gun. And I was like, hey, you want to join me? And she's got way cooler things going on. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not gonna spoil what she's got going on, but let me just tell you, way cooler things. Like, we all jealous of what Kristen Kimmick's got going on this evening that is so much cooler than anything I've got going on. Though to be fair, I don't really ever leave the house. So Hermits going Hermit. So I feel like there's a I feel like there's a game that we can be playing around like who hermits the best. There's a, there's a competition at some point, everyone always stays in their houses for the competition, obviously, but I feel like there's a, there's a game I could enter a contest I could potentially win when it comes to hermit concepts. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. Justin says, I think even the jets are going to give us problems tomorrow. Unfortunately, I believe our offense has been exposed. It's fatally flawed and way too Josh Allen dependent with little star power help. Fatally flawed is too strong for me, Justin. I can't get behind fatally flawed. I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to to recognize that it's not something you should take lightly. I want to make sure that I recognize that you should take it seriously, but I also don't want to overreact and say it's fatally flawed, right? Fatally flawed is a very strong term for me. Like fatally, fatally means dead. Like cannot recover, cannot get better. Will, you know, is, is gone. And I don't know, guys. I think that we have this scenario where you have a quarterback like Josh Allen and you pay him the way that you pay him. Because he can make the players around him better. We were saying that the entire offensive, sorry, the entire offseason. We said, Josh Allen makes the players around him better. We said, Stephon Diggs came to Josh Allen and had his best year. John Brown came to Josh Allen, had his best year. Cole Beasley came to Josh Allen, had his best year. We say things like that, but then when the offensive line isn't good, we think it's a death knell. Well, is it a death knell or do we have a quarterback who can make the players around him better? You, you can't have it both ways. So for me, I'm just like, uh, eh, I, can't, I can't get there. I cannot get to fatally flawed. I will let you know, but I can't get to fatally flawed. Steve says, fans either bash or love Edmonds. Is he really good and will he be missed heavily? He's playing really well this year, Steve. Really well this year. This is the best version of Tremaine Edmonds we've ever seen. And yes, he will be missed. I am not interested, really not interested in A.J. Klein on the Jets running backs in space because I think that's what we're going to see a lot of. I think you're going to see a lot of 10 personnel, double slots, and lots of running backs out of the backfield. Mike White's average distance of target is six yards. He's not throwing the ball on the field. He doesn't have to. He throws the ball short, and he lets his people make plays. Elijah Moore is dangerous in space. Jamison Crowder can separate in the short area. Their running backs are good in the pass game. It's a scenario that doesn't line up well with the Bills' injuries, which is Tremaine Edmonds and Taryn Johnson. So to me, I'm just, I just can't do it. I can't get excited, but I also can't, say death now, because I do think that the way that the jets have been playing offense under Mike white is a bad fit. It's a bad fit for the way the Buffalo bills had, you know, historically had issues. So I'm not saying I'm worried. I'm saying it's going to be a great test. It's going to be a really great test. Jessica says, "But Bruce, before the greatest comeback in NFL history, the Bills were playing like crap. I don't know if I agree with that. The last three games before that, the Bills beat the Broncos 27-17. They built, beat the Saints 20-16. to Then they lost to the Oilers the last game of the season. And then they went to the playoffs and had the big comeback over the Oilers. I don't know if they were playing like crap at the time before that, those playoffs. They were, they were two out of their last three. I mean, they lost the Colts and the Jets before that, but then before that, they went on a huge win streak. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can get there. I don't know if I can get there. Spin says, Mike White thinks he should have been picked before Josh Allen. Of course he does. That's what quarterbacks think. All quarterbacks think that. And we kind of want them to think that. There is a level of acceptable delusion to playing quarterback and playing cornerback. Josh Allen has it. Josh Allen has never seen a throw in his life. He goes, I can't make that throw. I can't do it. I'm not going to, I'm not, no, no, not going to make that throw. Can't do it. Every throw he looks at, he says, I can, but maybe I shouldn't. So I think that there's a level of acceptable delusion for the, for the cornerback position and for the quarterback position that I accept. And so when Mike White said that, I didn't even blink an eye. I didn't think to myself, this guy's getting completely full of himself. His head is getting completely too big. I thought that's what quarterbacks do. That's what quarterbacks do. Aaron asked, do you think running as much RPO as we do, we don't run enough dedicated run plays to get blocking schemes downfield to be successful in second level running? Aaron, I love this point. I absolutely love it. Blocking for an RPO is always weird. It's always weird. Because you can't get too far downfield. So you can't really have... RPOs are almost almost entirely zone, right? A lot of RPOs are zone. Why? Because you want your you want your offensive linemen going horizontally as much as possible at the line of scrimmage. So you don't end up with things downfield. So a lot of RPOs, I should not have said almost entirely, but a lot of RPOs are zone, right? But it eliminates your ability to run a lot of duo because you don't want your people to climb to the second level. It eliminates a lot of scenarios where You might be able to get a hat on a hat on the second level, which is one of the reasons why I think we're going to see more under center stuff from the Buffalo Bills this week. Maybe less RPO because we've been running RPOs on early downs. They've been showing us good boxes. And so Josh Allen's been handing a ball off. That's what's been happening. But the problem is the Bills aren't even able to run against good looks. Even when you give us good boxes, we still can't run the ball. So I, I think you're absolutely right, Aaron. I think your point is very well taken. And I think it's one of the reasons why you might see more under center stuff this year. So, ladies and gentlemen, we went for about 40 minutes. That's about all you can get. Yeah, that's about all you can ask from me. 40 minutes on a Saturday night is about all you could possibly ask from me. I hope you had a good time. I had a good time. Thank you so much for being in the comments and for joining in And being a part of this, it's such a big deal to me. This is not a comfort zone for me. And you guys make it better. You made it better because you decided to show up and because you decided to be in the comment section and chat with me. So thank you for being a part of this. So for Buffalo Rumblings, for Joe Miller, for Jay Spence the King, and for myself, Bruce Nolan, I say, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings.